Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode 19 of Demon Slayer Chronicles, presented by Popped Off. Demon Slayer Chronicles is a weekly Demon Slayer podcast where each and every week we dive into one of the episodes of the anime, alongside its characters, lore, and more. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me I have James Graham and Dylan Beal with you. And Dylan, when I told you that we were probably going to talk about this episode for 50 minutes, did I lie to you? No. No, I mean this is is it's this is it. this is the the episode. It's the episode. <laughs> it's the episode. <laughs> it's so good. I have yeah, I have mentioned this episode multiple times leading up to like this after recording of like this is the episode that A made the show I think would mainstream and B this is the episode that I have watched singly or at least at one moment more than probably or seen on Twitter more than any other moment in anime. This is a YouTube moment. Like it is always linked. It's a YouTube moment. It's so good, and I'm so happy we're finally getting here. But that does mean we have seven episodes left of this season afterwards, and we have no idea when season two is coming out. So, like, you fall in love with the show, and then it winds down with the last seven episodes, and it is just, why? And then you get real angry because because you, you don't know what's going on. And I think the worst part about it is um, I'm not going to get caught up on the manga. I'm not going to do it. Um, you're not gonna. You're gonna, not going I'm, to. I'm gonna watch it. You really should. I'm gonna watch it with this show. Um, especially because we're doing this. Um, I still want to be the, uh, um, like I guess I guess the person who doesn't have the manga context or anything like that. And I, I want these scenes to be the first time me watching through them, um, at least just for the show. So, um, I do for the people. You do it for the people. The, pe- well, the people's host. <laughs> yeah, the people's <laughs> host. That's the only. The only people he cares about, I guess. Um, but I guess yeah with. wow i'm sorry i just rolled out of bed i might be a little crabby this morning but then i apologize for that but how about you tell our people about their friend yeah so if you have friends that actually care about you tell them about the show and and, uh, make sure you leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on uh and if you have any suggestions for segments or any questions comments concerns maybe better sleep patterns for andrew uh, hit us up on Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at popped off.com. But with that, let's dive into episode 19, Hinokami. Tanjiro just barely dodges a threat that we see at the end of the last episode and ends up with deep cuts across his face. Meanwhile, Inosuke is still admiring Giyu's ability, but we learn that Father wasn't one of the 12 Kazukis or even wasn't close to their levels. Inosuke challenges, a, a challenges Giyu, but Giyu ties him up due to his injuries and just saying that if you don't know you're so injured, stay where you are. Uh, Shinobu, meanwhile, injects Zenitsu with an antidote, and we see other demon slayers freeing the other victims. And we go back to Rui versus Tanjiro, where he launches a thread, uh, web of threads at Tanjiro that is about to kill him, but Nezuko jumps out of her box and takes a blow, which badly wounds her. Rui realizes that they are sibling and is shocked that a demon would protect Tanjiro even if they are family. He decides that the bond with his sister isn't enough and cuts off her head, telling her that she wants to be forgiven to go down the mountain and kill the others that are there. Rui says that he'll leave Tanjiro to go free if he just gives Tanjiro and uh, gives um, Nezuko to Rui and reveals that he's actually the lower five of the twelve Kazukis. A uh, Kazuki, sorry. Uh, Tanjiro refuses, uh, but Rui pulls 
her over using her straight uh, threads and then puts her up in the trees with the threads where he saw uh, after she slashes across his face Nezuko falls asleep from uh, being injured so much to start recovering from her wounds that she uh, received while being hung up there um, Tanjiro uses the final 10th form which you finally see not just a part of it um, to allow him to become strong enough to slash through the threads and then Rui empowers his threads with his blood art to start to make a cage around Tanjiro, which he now cannot cut. However, Tanjiro remembers his father's Kagura dance and how he uh, mentioned a breathing technique that allows him to dance forever. He uses his father's dance with a sore um, dance, which we see igniting the water dragging into a fire one as he slashes the empowered threads easily. He comes within striking range with a chance to kill Rui, knowing that it'll probably kill him as well. Nezuko awakens using her blood art for the first time to ignite the blood and help Tanjiro sever Rui's head. So the recap doesn't do the animation justice. I don't know how you could do the animation justice, but I think we're going to try to talk about it for the next 30 minutes about how good it is. But before we go on to the whole fight scene, the dancing um, form the breathing technique. I think let's touch on Giyu and kind of the reveal of how um, Father wasn't even close to the 12 moons and how big of a difficult challenge that was because that's really before we get to the actual Ruri fight and then um, a little bit more on our thoughts about Shinobu because we see a little bit more about her. We only got a glimpse of her last episode but between those two where which one do you guys want to talk about first? I'm down to start with Giyu. I'm down to start with Giyu. I like, I, I, I'll rave about this character over and over again. Everything about this dude is calm. He's like, he, like he's, but he's like, he, he's not without emotion because he's even off put by Anosuke, like most people are. But like Anosuke is over there, like demanding to fight him and stuff like that, and Giyu's just like, what is this dude's problem, right? So, but then he like, they, there's even like this nice little comment that he like, he talks soft but he walks fast, and like, so the dude's always moving with purpose. He's always like you know i'd say goal oriented he seems like no wasteful movement or anything like that so he just is basically done with an oscar and he's on to the next thing so big fan of him big fan yeah i really liked how there was a really good gag of him just like tying an oscar up <laughs> yeah, and i yeah, didn't yeah. even notice um which is it's mm. weird because it's like a, a nice funny gag but it's also because yeah no he could just do that without being noticed yeah and he's doing it for Inosuke's sake, because he's like, you're super beat up. Like, you're an idiot if you can't realize that, right? So, it's a... And remember last week, Dylan, were you, when you were so certain that Giyu was going to be the one to come and fight um, Rui this episode? Are you happy that it was Tanjiro instead of Rui? I, I think it's a harder to say no to. But I mean, it's, it's you... such a badass moment. It's so cool. Like, because like, it, it gets hype, right? Because you're, like, 10th form, and you're, like... You're getting hype as hell. You're like, Ford, this is sick. This is sick. And then he's like, flash before his eyes, whatever. And then it's just like, fire breathing technique. And then you're like, holy shit, this can't get even. This can't get better. And then it gets better. <laughs> um, like I was, I was messaging the um, our group chat when we were when when I was watching this, and it was just like, yo, this is sick. Wait, yo, this is really <laughs> sick. And it just like kept building up and. I don't know, like, the animation, too, is just so perfect for it. Like, um, I think this is a really hard moment to capture. Um, and I think they've been just proving every single time that they're able to capture these really, really good moments um, with the with the animation. I think that's what really puts it over the top. 
because it's just it's it's beautiful it just looks so good um and it's stylized in such a way that it's just gonna look good for a really long time oh yeah and i definitely i think i'm a big audio person and i think the music in the background of this entire scene it also gives what because for me the music starts a little bit um right as he's about to start 10th form is when the music picks up and i started getting chills before he ever even used 10th form just because i've watched the scene so many times and know what comes with the music too so for me the music's such a big part of the scene and it just that just helps build as a song build throughout of it too but is that the song that leads into the the special ending yeah so yeah. the the song just plays from the beginning of the fight all the way until the end of the episode pretty much which the there's end a, of the episode is also really good yeah it's it's i just think this is probably one of my favorite episodes in all of anime i i just think it is paced well and like it's i you sometimes the gag of like oh like they overcome like what the like for this one like they overcome his first thread it's like now the fight's going to be over doing something badass and like oh of course the villain has something um yeah, some trick behind his back yeah. so yeah, so you can just make those webs strong and you just keep making them stronger forever and ever is kind of what you start to worry about after he uses 10th form and then like, oh, you thought that was as strong as I could get, blah, blah, blah. But like, this is the one time where I'm really okay with that because 10th form looks awesome and the reason behind even, like, they explain it too. Like, he uses rotations to gather more force, kind of like, um, I, I can't remember what the form is right now, but um, Water Wheel, to be able to cut through it. But then he just... I. And then the breathe like I don't understand how the fire breathing works, but I don't care because it looks so good. He's a, his family works with fire, dude. So that's and that's what makes him be able to use it. Like, but yeah, it's just the breathing technique allows him to do it without getting exhausted, so he can spin faster. Like this, like kind of the science. Yeah, behind yeah. So, so like the, the whole the whole point is that his dad taught him this this essentially like breathing technique without it. I think actually being the same breathing technique they they were thinking about. Where he's like, oh, no, like, you can control your breathing in this way, so that way you can do this dance, right? You can keep doing this dance that, that we do for our family. Um, and then he's like, oh, I could do that. And if I do that, then I won't get tired. Like, like, like my dad didn't get tired while dancing. And so he does that, and then it manifests into the fire, which the, the motifs for, like, his family and the fire and stuff, really good. And I'm glad they, like, kind of merged everything up together. So it's like him kind of going back to his roots it's so cool I, I i i don't know it's such a cool episode and this is like this is like the first time we really get to see any of his dad too like this is our first big like introduction to like the father figure at all right and like the the two like the the similarities between the two of them and like and like they even like hint to it like the, the dad is super frail we don't really know why but the dude still just goes forever with this dance, right? Because of the, the, like, to me, I see it just like controlled breathing. Like he's never allowing himself to get exhausted because he's keeping the same moderate pace the entire time. And like, yeah, it was just, it's so cool to see that like brought in just like out of nowhere. And like, cause you don't, you don't know anything about his dad other than it's the earrings. The earrings are the big deal. Right. So that's like, the yeah, do we, think there's anything special about the earrings like in, in the kind of the flashback of the motif is that what he called it dylan 
no, 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 no. Just the flash. It's that. That's just the flashback. Um, but I, I, I don't think so. I think they're important in the sentimental way, maybe. Um, but nothing, nothing is really like kind of like, you know, giving me a little alert to go. Oh, there's more. Because to if these. You, yeah, if you go back to episode four or five, Muzan recognized those. Yeah, characters. and that's the and that's the big thing is Muzan like that's what actually screwed him up when he saw Tandro was like those fucking earrings. What like that's like this you got to bring me this dude's head right like I forgot. So the only yeah. thing I can think of is that like we're gonna get a bleach style reveal of like actually his 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 father was a demon slayer. Like I think it, if we get anything, it might be like that then because like. I don't know. Like his dad kind of does have the look. Like his dad has the look. He's like, got the he look, dude. Like, he's like, got the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, put a sword in his hand, and he's got it. And like that could be a reason why he's so frail and stuff. Like maybe something happened. Like maybe he got into a scrap with Muzan and or something like that. So yeah, we just we just know there was like some. There had to have been some encounter between Muzan and his dad because of the that would there. totally make sense why his family was attacked then. Um. Yeah. Maybe too. Shit. Yeah. Cause and, cause like, like that, or I'm waiting. I'm waiting for his dad to be like the number number one Kazuki. <laughs> like that just feels like what it sets up for. I don't know why, but it just is what goes through my head whenever I think of his dad and his dad disappeared in a world of demons. His, I thought they said his dad really badass. And he, I thought they said his dad was dead. Like I thought they definitively said he was dead in like one of the earlier episodes. Would you rather hear? That your dad is a man-eating demon destroying people or be dead. Well, I think if he was a man-eating demon, he would have already killed the family. Like, I think... Not necessarily. Because no, they don't really remember too much about their former lives. They get, like, snippets, but they don't really remember, so, like, he wouldn't go back. I guess so, Damn, yeah. this, this is a good theory. I like this theory. As, I, it's just, yeah, when, when I've watched the show, this is the one thing that goes through my mind every time the father I, comes I, up. I, I don't know why. I hope it's it not. just feels like an anime thing. I, I hope it isn't, though. Because if it happened, like, imagining that final scene, I'm just going to start crying. I'm going to start crying <laughs> instantly. Because, like, Tanjiro's last big obstacle to overcome before he fights Muzan is, it, is his own yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. He helped him get up. to this point. You see his dad, he has, like, the same birthmark. If you're like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Damn. And maybe Nesco's human again, or Nesco starts to regain some of your humanness, and she remembers her dad as well. Like, just think of like how heartbreaking of a fight that'd be, because you know they're gonna win, because they have to go on and beat Muzan. Like that's the whole point, and turn Nesco back to human. But like, that's that's a whole or like that's like eight episodes where you just watch it. That could be flashbacks of how he turned this, and all like a whole episode of all the bad stuff he's done. Like, I I. I don't know if it'd actually come and be as good as I think it would be in my head, <laughs> but I still think it'd be pretty damn good. Are you, like, simulating psychological trauma for yourself and figuring, like, how good it would be? Is that what like... <laughs> no, I'm thinking, like, can I write this as, like, a fan fiction? Oh, there we go, like, yeah. Can I, can I take Dylan's thing and just write this as a fan fiction arc? <laughs> so, but. so let's, let's, I guess let's just roll this back into the show again, because um, there's another thing I want to talk about. We get Nezuko's uh, voice actor for the first time, I think. We do, yeah. That's Which the first really time we cool. actually... Oh, not really. We hear her make some noises. <laughs> oh, no, she... my God. But no, seriously, when I, when I heard Nezuko say words, very cool. That was that, that got me hyped. And which, which makes me think, like, if she's talking, like, if she's saying some sort of words, right, it seems like she's becoming more, like coherent 
and like sentient. with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's becoming more sentient at least. Um so I'm excited because like maybe this is like an awakening and we're gonna get kind of like a different Nesco after this. Maybe not. Well, if you think about it, demons become more sentient and kind of stronger by eating humans, and Nesco becomes stronger by sleeping. So if she sleeps long enough, by that same, um, we know Nesgo doesn't work the same way as most demons, but if you kind of go along that same way, I'm like, well, if Nesgo sleeps for 80 years, we're like, ideally, she'd become stronger and maybe more sentient and more talking. Because we see, we've seen a lot of demons that just straight up talk. So it kind of seems weird for Nesgo not to talk at all. So, I mean, there is a way that over time she could become just kind of more sentient and talkative. I think that does make sense, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, this one was kind of like what? I guess you have to say it to activate it. But well, she's she's already gotten more powerful because she has a demon blood art now, right? Like, I mean, she's got a definitive demon blood art, so which that... is a really cool one too. Just yeah. exploding <laughs> blood. Yeah, that's some shit, dude. Which you wouldn't think, like, like for me the first time I watched it, I was like, man, that is like, that is not what I thought they would peg her with. Like, I thought they would give her something else. Like, I, like not not necessarily something girly because I mean she clearly like she just kicks the shit out of people most of the time. But like exploding blood, I was just like, I, I kind of understand it because her whole thing is not eat, drinking or eating blood or whatever. So she just gets rid of it and like sets it on fire, eh? Yeah, that's uh, what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> like the things that would be like the most bloody or have the most blood on them would kind of be demons, right? I mean, and it only affects demons. Yeah. Well. That we know of, it definitely didn't affect um, Tanjiro because he went right Tandro through the all. goddamn fire. Yeah, <laughs> mind you, his well, he, I think that this... his sword was on fire too. So I mean, like I don't know. All bets are off at this on point. On fire. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. On fire. Oh, don't knows, give me no that. Don't give me the. Don't give me the on fire in quotations. Don't give me that. You're telling me a little demon boy wouldn't be freaking out about fire coming at him. Like, this is the definitive the, one. This is the definitive one. You moment. saw the reaction to the fire coming down from Nezgo. Like, what the fuck is that? The other one is just looking at this kid saying, this kid is annoying. Like, come on. No, no, no. Because as, so as soon as he slashed the first thread, he was like, oh, shit. He started being panicked. I think well, I, the only reason why he started being panicked is because he slashed the thread. Because he could slash it. And he it. even explains it in episode of how he slashes it. So Tanjiro literally just looks like an idiot spinning in circles, running at Rui, is what real life sees. But we see animation, Tanjiro. So we, so what we see, what Rui sees, is very different. Andrew's on my side now. Oh my god. I've been on your side for episodes, <laughs> but... Rui just saw this little bloodied-ass kid coming at him with a flaming sword, with a dragon coming out no. of it, jumping no. through fire. I don't know. No. He That's didn't he... see that, because otherwise he would say something of, like, how could he control water and fire like that? He like, would, he, that he that's, would... that's too, that's too anime-esque. That's no, like... you're, you're saying, but, you're okay, saying, okay. you're saying Rui would sit there, see a, a water dragon, 
and switch to a fire dragon to start cutting through all these things and not comment on them. He starts backing up. He starts like he, he, he's backing how, up because uh, stuff is getting getting slashed. We Tendio is getting close. We, got, we would got, say something. He we got something. we got way too much of an intense scene for him to have a running dialogue. Like it's just like and it's more focused on Tanjiro. This Nezuko. kid doesn't shut up. No, he, he talked nonstop since the second we seen him on screen. King. <laughs> I and also, you don't think Tanjiro, who has water breathing, would make a mention to like, whoa, when I started using my father's fire dance, my water dragon turned into fire. Well, he made no comment on any of it. And that's why I'm saying it's exempt because he, like, nobody has commented on it. Nobody. So that's, that's why I'm the saying, point. Don't you think there's no, a reason? Yeah, because he's an intense fight and you screwed up with dialogue because we already got a, like a kick ass song going in the background. How are you dumb? How are you this? I'm not dumb, thick? dude. I'm not dumb. How at all. are you dumb? <laughs> How are you dumb? Wow. Oh, Just embrace right. it for what it is. Great animation. I, I, all I will say is I think I think the burden of proof has now shifted onto you, James. You have to start oh. coming up with reasons why they can see it. I think I set up a case well enough to where it's it's solid. It's solid. You're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to present present some evidence to shut oh, it down. Oh my now. god. All right, all right. But let's transition and talk about fire, fire breathing. I guess we can call it fire. I wasn't it like the dance of the sun or something like that. We don't know. Uh, dance of, uh, the fire, the dance of the fire god. Yeah, it was dance of the fire god. Okay. Um, do we think this is something unique to tenth form? Do we think this is a whole different style of breathing that Tanjiro is going to learn? Or do we think this is always just going to be like a modification of his current moves? Like, okay, um, I need to bump up water wheel, so I'm going to make a fire breathing water wheel. Or do you think there is going to be 10 new forms of fire breathing that he learns? I think that they are going to mitigate it in some way. Because like, basically just having a level 2 to everything feels weird. So mm. even if there is, I feel like they'll put some constraints on it. Um, so my guess is that once things settle down or whatever, they're going to put like guardrails on, on, on this move set. Cause like, I don't think we're going to get completely new things. Um, I think it's just going to be Tanjiro kind of implementing this other side to his moves. If we, if we see it, I don't think it's super, I don't think it'll be just tied to 10th form. I think you could do it with other ones, but, um, I definitely don't think this is going to be, all right, we're at level two now. Here's just fire all the time. Um, Why does level two feel weird when we see it kind of a common thing throughout the shows with father molding his skin and pretty much leveling up? We see Zenetsu literally able to say first form times six. Because, because, because that's everyone Rui, else. It, that's everyone else, though. I'm saying for Tanjiro, this doesn't feel right to have him, like, not have Water Wheel anymore. And then to have, like, Water Wheel just be a worse version of the fire Water Wheel. So, like, I, I don't, I feel like they will do something because, like, they introduce all these moves and stuff, and I feel like they're still important. We're not going to just... Yeah, we take 20 episodes to learn all 10. I think, I think it's going to, like, I feel like this is a trope that's gotten to be revisited in anime, where you have, you know, this character, like, it's like uh, the DBZ thing. You get the crap kicked out of you more and more and more, and then you unlock basically this crazy new potential, and then you don't see it for a little bit. I think that's really what we've, 
We've seen with Tanjiro. We've seen with Zenitsu. I don't think Zenitsu is going to be running around like going Mach 6 the entire time. I think the dude thought he was basically going to die and he snapped. And I think it's the same thing with Tanjiro. I even think it's the same thing with Nezuko's blood art. I don't think she's going to have full access to this the entire time. I think we're just like, we're going to see it. We're going to be like, holy shit, that was sick. Let's get more of that. And then we're not going to see it for like a season. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think we're going to lose it as quick as, it, as quick as we got it. You know what I mean? Because to me, that's just what I feel like we've seen in other anime. You see somebody master a technique like immediately, but it's, it's more due to like emotional stress and situational stress. And then you lose it. So I think I think that's what we're gonna see more more than anything else. Yeah, I, I mean I could definitely get on board with that. And, and I, I'm much more on um, on board with your kind of ideal with it being kind of a different style that he learns. I was just trying to be devil's advocate there because I I think just being a level two like a like a fire water wheel or like a fire wheel just I don't like that and that takes away how hype some of um, these moments have been for the first ten moves, but. I, I do definitely think it is a kind of a different move set that he can tap into in very certain situations, James. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Versus level two, and I agree. Yeah. I think that does make it better. Because like I mean, I and like I mean, up. and that's just it too. Because we know water is like a big deal because Giyu uses water on its own, right? Like we saw Giyu just slice through the the father with the same the same move set that Tanjiro uses without issue. You know what I mean? So we know like. Just because it's on fire doesn't exactly make it better, you know what I mean? And, and I and I also going into the part of where like these are more representations and not literal fire or whatever. Um, he actually might only use it in moments of where he's like trying to like keep his stamina going. So with tenth hmm. form, it makes sense. Like Waterwheel will probably not get that unless he's like doing like a rotation kind of like like a like yeah repetitive yeah exactly. he's doing it over and over so i could definitely see if like it's a long fight and he needs to keep going he does this so we will see it shift the fire but it's not literal like fire being stronger than water it's more of he just needs to keep going like like for a consistent amount of time and this is how he does it and we see like and it does have a drawback to being used like we see um, well, he, he mentioned it during the episode, like, I'll only be able to do this for a short while, then my body probably won't work, or something kind of like that law. And so we guess we haven't seen the aftermath of it yet, but he knows that he, he's literally doing it so that his body never stops. Feels t- yeah. Like, yeah, his body doesn't stop, and he doesn't feel like he ever gets exhausted, but that's not how humans work. Like, you still will get exhausted afterwards. So I'll be curious next episode to see like what the repercussions of using this will. Obviously, he already beat Rui, so we don't need to worry about that. Um, but like, is he just gonna pass out for like seven weeks after Dude, using this? His boy's dead afterwards. Is... Like he he's gonna pass out. He has he's gonna have to do a sword. Like he's gonna have to get like just absolutely scraped off of, off of that floor. This fight was way too intense. Yeah, so he's gonna pick him up yeah. with a shovel, man. Like, but the nice part is, is we do know there is like a medical corp kind of nearby. We saw that with Shinobu and Zenitsu and the guys being like, like all the little dudes running around in their masks and stuff like that, right? So, we at least, he's definitely going to be not out of the woods, but like, I mean, he's still going to be, he probably will be okay, I'd assume. He's the main character, you can't kill him. Okay, so you just get into an intense fight, how do you want to be woken up, and why is it by Shinobu? I'm surprised Zenetsu didn't say more about that. He called her, he, he called her, he called her Gramps, dude. 
But like, you and know he what? He was also dying. He was yeah, also and I... almost dead. <laughs> but this is also Zenetsu. Yeah. But I do, no, I no, do no, like. This isn't. This isn't Zenetsu. This is like Sen. This is Zenetsu Sicko mode. Yeah. This, this is. is yeah. Difference. This is like. Yeah. This is not horny on main Zenitsu. This is just like yeah. normal Zenitsu. But I do, I do like her, like her explanation. Like, I mean, that was a really creative way about having like the 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 fla- like, like having your life flash before your eyes. Like that was like such. It was just like it wasn't needed, but I was just like, that's cool. You know, it was re- the the coolest part is I I was reading a little bit about this. Um, that was such a good way to tie in a uh, Tanjiro's thing. Is that yeah, one hundred percent. The beginning of the episode introduced this concept and where it makes sense. So that way, when uh, Tanjiro's in this fight and he does have that moment of where he's like, "Oh, you you your life flashes before your eyes because you're you're looking for a way to survive," and it's like that totally makes sense. <laughs> that's that's a perfect way to set that up so that it makes sense for Tanjiro to kind of go into the bank. And like remember his father's breathing technique. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about, I think we've really touched on most things for this episode. And I'm sure we might bring up a little bit more. But James, do you want to dive into the topic of the week? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna jump right into the topic of the week. Um, so with this episode, we were introduced to maybe one of the most edgy demon blood arts we've seen in the series: exploding blood. We kind of talked about it briefly, how we didn't really peg it with Nezuko, but it made sense. Um, or at least I didn't peg it with Nezuko. Um, but what I want to ask is, what other edgy, super edgy either moves or like tropes from shows and stuff like that have you guys seen? And how does this match up in like with those? Dylan, you you already looked at yeah, ready so to go. Yeah, so I just want to say, I don't think it was only Exploding Blood this episode. I feel like uh, the blood thread move was also incredibly edgy. Yeah, it, it, there was, was, a, there was, yeah. it was an edgy episode. <laughs> um, but exploding blood is definitely pretty egregious. Um, but it, I think I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna do the put the bar real high. Okay, this would be a really okay. high bar. I think the edgiest I've seen anime get was probably the entirety of Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> oh Jesus! You took my you took my thing. I, yeah, I just absolutely <laughs> snatched it up because like. I, I just, like, I can't get over that show on just how over-the-top it is. Like, that's just a show that's maybe not for me. Um, I did give season one a, a go, but it was just, like, basically all about, like, drinking blood. And we have these, like, gross slipknot masks. And, like, <laughs> it, the, all the while we hang out and drink uh, black coffee. Like, it's, like, it's yeah. really egregious. Like, if this show would have came out when I was, like, a freshman in high school... I probably would have eaten it up. I would probably would have <laughs> eaten it up so much, which makes sense because I think that is the case for a lot of people. Um, don't get me wrong. It's good. It's good, but it's just not my flavor. But damn, it's edgy. It is real <laughs> edgy. Andrew, how about you, buddy? So I watch Slice of Life's sports animes and shonens. That covers my entire thing. So I think I have one show that's kind of edgy, and that's the entirety of Code Geass. Is probably the edge. I mean, and even that's not that edgy, but that's like the edgiest thing I can think of from all my anime watching experience. I am like, a no. I don't. I'm not into the edgy stuff. I'm not a Dylan. Well, no. I I wouldn't say I'm into edgy stuff. Um, I, I think he basically cool. said he wasn't into it. Like he said yeah, he wasn't into Tokyo. I, I, I will say we need to get you um some good horror anime, some good horror nope. stuff. There's some good I'll stuff pass. out there, dude. That's not like jump scary either. It's just like kind of creepy. Like there's some good stuff out there. 
Like Elfin Lead. We need to we need to expose you to some new stuff. Whenever you say that, it's never the right no, stuff. No, whenever we say that, you end up watching your lie in April and you love it. <laughs> But the amount of words and terms and concepts that I've learned from you two is also not very good. I don't want to mention them much. Oh, yeah, we're absolutely (laughs) poisoning your brain. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I worry about this. But I don't have, I don't, like, I don't have much of this, but I'd love to hear more about, like, your two. But, like, for me, edgy isn't a word. I I never use edgy to describe things either. You, you, but you've also watched Naruto. Think, well, okay, so like Sasuke, would that be? Yeah, that would be the, no, the entire concept of the Sharingan is edgy. Like the entire concept. See, I don't consider like I consider like Sasuke kind of edgy, but I wouldn't think of the Sharingan as edgy. Like edgy isn't in my vocabulary. Like that's not a word I use. Well, like ed- edgy is also like Final Fantasy gun swords. They're swords, yeah, gun but swords. also <laughs> guns. Like like things like when, when we're describing edgy, it's just like these things that are like egregiously like over the like re- like unnecessarily like like th- things trying like, to be cool things a middle schooler would think is really cool in reality gun swords are really fucking cool though <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah though so the sharing gun is like one of my like one of my all-time picks for this and itachi's monologue to sasuke about like basically meeting him with the same eyes as him little brother all that good stuff but the other one that does it for me as well is uh, the entire concept of the show Blood Blockade Battlefront. I think it, like, basically everybody in the show is like in trench coats and really like and really like drab and stuff like that. But they all use blood powers and stuff like that. The animation's sick, but I mean like the names for some of the moves are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so that definitely that definitely does it for me. But the for an honorable mention is definitely Hero Yoi's. Uh, invitation rip up from Gundam Wing, and then telling telling uh, oh, oh my god, what kill is, you? I'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. What is her name? What is her name? Um, uh, oh my god, I don't know. But yeah, she invites him to his birthday party. He basically rips it up in front of her, walks by her, and then he says, "I'll kill you," and then keeps going. That is easily one of the edgiest moments of all time. That's in a Gundam. It's Gundam yeah, Wing. It's, it's yeah, Gundam, Gundam Wing. Wing. Yeah. Yeah. So I have another edgy one that Andrew might relate to because he really likes these the series, but it's it's an old one. I'm talking Persona, old Persona. So Andrew, you know you know Persona Five, you know awakening your Persona yeah. and stuff like that. You break the mask, you break the mask or whatever. Um, Wasn't three super edgy? Well, the old Persona, a way that you awoken your Persona at the start of every combat is you take a gun and you kill and you yourself. yourself. Yeah, that's edgy. Yeah, that, that's edgy. That's, that's like that's. I've that's heard edgy. of that. I, I've heard of that. I haven't played it, so I guess that didn't come to mind. But I have heard of that. That used to be really weird. They definitely got a PG to town a little bit since then. But yeah, so I think I think we've kind of hit the the edginess, like dead horse a little bit. And is out there too. I will too. work on including that in my vocabulary from here on out. I will casually mention it in the conversation eventually. All right, Dylan, take it away with a secret. Here's a Taisho secret. So this episode, we are first introduced to the Hinokami uh, Kagura, which Kagura is actually a real thing. And so we saw uh, Tanjiro's dad doing the dance. Um, and that's something that really happens um, in, in the Shinto religion. Uh, the word actually just means God entertainment. 
So basically, it's kind of like a dance or this set of ceremonies that you do to kind of like entertain the gods, like for like good favor. Um, and Hinokami literally just means fire god. So that's why the movie is called like Dance of the Fire God, because you're literally doing this like dance uh, to appease, you know, the god of the fire, fire god. which it may, totally makes sense for them because they're so closely entrenched with fire because they're, you know, they're making charcoal like that's their whole business. Their family is really into that. So it makes sense that they're they're doing stuff related to fire. Um, but yeah, the dance is something that's that's a, a thing in, in uh, the Shinto religion. And so is, it st- is it still practiced? Like, is it still practiced now? Yeah. Uh, uh, Shinto isn't, like... I think it's still fairly big. Um, it's not, like, a... Um, I would say super organized religion there um, mm-hmm. right now. Because um, I think, um, like, our viewer religion and I think, um, like, Eastern religion is also very different in context. So it's hard to, like, put one-to-one. Um, right, but, yeah, But yeah, there's, yeah. there's still, there's still a, a huge, I think, I would say majority of people... Um, that still practice uh, Shintoism. Nice, I like that. To me, that to me, that's like it, like it's exactly what I expected. But I'm just like I'm happy about the explanation. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of yeah, the it's another one of those things where I mentioned a couple episodes back. Like, I figured it was a real thing. I figured it made sense in the world, and I just accepted it. But having more information behind it always makes it. Yeah, exactly, and like the literal translation behind it and stuff like that, and how it plays in Tanjiro's like family and all that good stuff it's good big fan yeah because i think i so i just looked it up right now and i think uh the amount of people that practice it in japan it's still like 70 percent um oh wow it's, it's okay super super high um and also it's like shintoism and buddhism together kind of um but yeah uh it's it's super high so that's still the vast majority of like uh the culture in japan is still with that context Nice. Very cool. Thank you very much for that sticker, Dylan. You're welcome. Um, anything else we want to wrap up this episode with? Or are we feeling pretty good about this one? A little bit of a longer one, but I think we warned you about that last week. Yeah, we knew we we knew what was happening when we were going into this. I think I think we're good though. But all right, with that, let's uh wrap up the show. Jim, yeah. If you wanna. Yeah, guys. Uh, hit us with that five star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on, and let your friends know. Let us uh, beat episode nineteen to death with them. It's a great time. Make sure you check out popoff.com and twitter.com slash pop underscore off for updates on this podcast and all the other stuff we do. But with that, that'll be all for this week, and we hope to see you all back here next Wednesday. I'm gonna